just remember what God told you, you know, what gave you that fire in the first place. So good. I'm so excited for the listeners today. First of all, I think so many people are inspired by him and really look up to him because he's, you know, pretty brilliant. (laughs) So there's one thing, but I think there were so many things he touched on and talked about as a young man that I think will be really inspiring to people, whether they're an artist or not. But also like, I really want people to listen up to one story that he told about the change in perspective that God gave him and how beneficial and moving that was for him. And then just his call to other people, like when we pray for God to change our perspective about something, it was really powerful. Yeah, that's so good. When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at though, we wanna help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with The Places Between, a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. Epic, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege and an honor to have a conversation with you. Where do you find yourself now? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee right now. Oh, that's yeah. fun. So I'm guessing it's fall weather. It is. It's getting there. Like It's raining all week and it's nice, like a nice chill in the air right now, which is nice because I, I honestly, I don't know why I moved out here because humidity is my least favorite thing, but that's <laughs> fading off now. So that's nice. Oh, you got to love the Nashville heat. Yeah, I know. Humidity. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're going to dive in right away. Let's talk about who you are. And then why don't you give us something that maybe the world of social media doesn't get to see. Whatever you want to share with us, the stage is yours. Yeah, wow. I've never had that question before. So when I'm not doing music, doing the whole social media stuff, all of that, the biggest thing that I do is I work for Compassion International. And if you're not familiar with that, it's a... um, nonprofit based out of Colorado Springs. And our whole mission is to help children get free from poverty in Jesus' name. And we do that by sponsorships. And my role is I join different artists, go on different events, conferences, all that around the U.S. in order to get those sponsorships so kids can get free from poverty that way. Wow. that's And those are children all over the world, right? So everything we do is going to be overseas-based. So we're in, I believe, at... 25 countries and so we're in like south america central america asia africa so we're we're spread all over but all our work is done internationally wow that's incredible i have the privilege of working with another nonprofit that does major medical supply relief and knowing that you can step on a stage or connect with people face to face about thing that's an issue globally and meeting like some of the world's greatest needs what an honor and a privilege yeah i honestly it's such a blessing because before i got that job i was working in a movie theater and i remember quitting without really having a plan (laughs) after that i just like i can't work anymore the air conditioning was broken within the box office that i was sitting in and i was like i this is this is a nightmare and so i just I, i prayed that I would do something that has more of an impact. And um, this opportunity came not, honestly, it was probably like a couple of weeks later that the opportunity presented itself. And it's been amazing. So that's amazing. I love that. Okay. So let's talk about your music endeavors. Um, Most of the world knows you as Epic and 
you have an incredible following on social media. Um, I've had the privilege of hearing you a number of times with some of your shows in Colorado and because of some of our mutual friends, but um, share with us a little bit about what that looks like. Talk to us about your journey. Yeah. Oh man. Um, it's wild. I had someone ask a similar question the other day. And honestly, when I shared it, I feel like I butchered the whole entire story. Like there were so many gaps, but my journey started in Colorado. My dad was watching eight mile when I was 11, I was 11 years old. And I just remember just falling in love with hip hop then. And just be aware that I grew up as a kid who really loved boy bands. I was like really into Backstreet Boys and Sync. So I wasn't really listening to a lot of hip hop. My dad would listen to Jay-Z, 50 Cent, all that around the house. But it wasn't something that I really that really caught my ear at the time. But for some reason, there was something about Lose Yourself, Eminem's Lose Yourself, uh, that it just sparked something in me. You know, being like a shy kid in school, it was such an amazing way just to be able to like to express myself in my own form. And so, yeah, I fell in love with it then. Fast forward about three years later, my dad took me to an Eminem concert and that's where all of it pretty much sealed the deal for me because the energy was just absolutely amazing. And I just remember thinking that's what I want to do because it was just, I, I wish I had video back then. I mean, I didn't have a, you know, a phone, a camera or anything like that, but um, if I could, look back at that moment it would be so cool just to see but that kind of started it all off and from there you know that kind of took me through high school and once i kind of got into the youtube world that changed everything to be honest um a couple of friends of mine my buddy caleb mosley we started doing videos here and there he started shooting music videos for me and then my buddy uh john duckworth came in into the mix later and so we started doing these music videos and then that kind of pretty much started growing um connected with my buddy and one of my best friends now tyler ward and he taught me a lot about the music world and especially the youtube how to navigate it and it's pretty much i would those three are reason why my fan base is where it's at now because they helped me grow that and understand how to do all that and so it's pretty amazing and i mean there's so many other people to mention within that journey too so i'm not saying like those are just three but those really helped me kind of take off and be able to do what i'm doing now so you navigated the world of youtube before i feel like it's super trendy right now like people are like oh, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And you're like, um, you're in accounting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Whereas you've, so would you say YouTube is where you really got like the attention and publicity that you needed? Oh, most definitely. So now here's the thing that here's the thing about YouTube now in terms of now. And then back then, right now, I feel like it's super saturated. So like, Everyone, like you said, someone who's an accountant, they can do something now. And then there's someone next door, like a a, a 50-year-old man, he's doing it as well. There's nothing wrong with that because everyone has their niche, you know? And so there's just that whole world now where if you even make little puppets or something, there's a niche for that. You can put that on YouTube and have your fan base. But back then, I felt like it was something that was still growing. You know, you still had the comedy pieces in there. But in terms of the music side of things... You know, there was the 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 Titans and the the veterans like Boyce Avenue and Daystorm and all those guys who were just killing it. And the fact of man, so when I came in, it was like there wasn't a lot to my knowledge. There wasn't a lot of hip hop artists on there. So, you know, with doing covers and remixes and all that stuff, it felt new and it felt fresh. And so people were gravitating towards that. And back then it was a lot of a lot of covers. I mean, covers are still a thing now, but back yeah. then it was, if Bieber dropped a song, everyone was trying to cover that. And so you wanted to be the one that could really do something different that's going to catch people's ears. And I just felt like that was people what people wanted. And it was so easy to get into the market then, but now it's, you know, it's insane now. Like now yeah. it's so hard to even get views unless, you know, you do something insane that goes viral. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's almost like you were at the tip of the wave, like right before it took off. So you're like, I don't know, it's just, it's really neat to see that you jumped in before it became like saturated, what you said. So yeah. you, 
you spent time in Los Angeles, right? And I did. Yeah. Was that music focused? That was all music focused. Yeah. Five of us, uh, five of my good friends, we all sat down over Skype. We just said, are we going to make this move? Well, we came back from a, from a trip from out there and a couple of people said, you need to move out here. This is the place to be. And so the five of us talked and we just said, all right, are we going to do this? And so we found an apartment. I was the only one that's a little bit hesitant only because I was very comfortable being in Colorado. But then ultimately, you know, I kind of sat and thought about it. And at that time, like, I prayed to God. I was just like, is this something that you want me to do? Is this really the direction you want me to go? And I feel like I didn't get an answer, but I felt that I could trust him with me making this decision and thinking, I'm like, hey, what doors and opportunities will come from this? And believing that his hand will be in it regardless. And so, um, yeah, we all made that move. And from there, it just kind of, yeah, it was very interesting. That time was very interesting. (laughs) So... I'm sure. I lived in Orange County. Um, so I worked in Los Angeles um, all through college. Yeah. I remember having two hour commutes there and back and also spent my fair share of working in the entertainment industry. So I know the world of Los Angeles is very, very different. Oh, <laughs> so I can imagine yeah. like living in the middle of LA, not having the college experience, but being like, competing for the stage or going for acting like thankfully my industry I can fall back into events but as like an actor or a musician I cannot imagine like how much courage you have to have and also how much like the inner inner peace and inner voice of like I've got this I can do that and I'm called to that yeah I mean with you saying that like that's 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 right on point and that was something that I had to navigate. And I feel like I still, in a way, am navigating through that. But I, I feel like I have a better grasp on it now. But during that time, it was just a lot of people are going to have their opinions thinking of this is the direction you want to go. Especially for me going out in some place, a place like L.A., my music being so God-focused, I didn't feel like I really had a chance being out there. So there was a moment where it's like, well, do I keep it? God focused, or do I kind of shift a little bit and make it more mainstream so then I can be more accepted in mm-hmm. this world, you know? And I just remember kind of being on the phone with one of my friends and just kind of breaking down because it was such a, it, when it comes to making decisions, sometimes it, it, it can get very overwhelming. And mm-hmm. so trying to make that decision of like, okay, how do I navigate all this but still remain being myself? through this as well. Cause I, I don't want to take God out of my message, but like, how do I communicate it? Where it's like, I'm not preaching, but make it known that when someone hears it, they're like, why, why does it feel like there's a spirit moving within mm-hmm. the music and the core of it? And so as long as like I kept that as the core of it, that was all I needed to really go from there. Like where it's like, I can have fun with my music, but knowing that, okay, but epic when you when you write, is that the core of your music? When you write this song, are you making sure that the message is still like, okay, are we uplifting people or are we just trying to do this to impress people because you're in LA? And so that was something I had to really figure out over those years. So Wow. And doing that even as a young, you know, person in their twenties, there's so many people that come to a pivotal place of their life, but they're in their like late thirties, forties or fifties. And they have to look at all of, yeah. (laughs) so in a unique way, it's neat that you had that crossroads kind of early on in your career. In my time of knowing you, you've created some incredibly compelling pieces around some really hard to talk about subjects. Can you dive into a little bit more of like some of the pieces that you've created? And I don't want to give it away. I know you've done it couple of pieces for shift but can you expand on what those pieces have been about yeah so well i have to like go through my whole catalog in my brain but in terms of the pieces that you're talking about the ones that you did with did with shift those are actually honestly some of my favorite pieces so it got all new the healing the mindset spoken word and because first starting off with music like I was saying earlier, like I, I've always wanted to have a message and I felt like all the messages that I was communicating on was 
things going on in my life, which is nothing wrong because there's that relatability that you want to have to show people, okay, he's actually going through something. I'm not alone in this and all that. But then there's another, I feel like dynamic when it comes to making music to where it's okay. You're looking at the world and what's happening in the world. How can you communicate on that? How can you be a voice in that? And so um, the stuff doing with Shift, for those listening, Shift is all about fighting human trafficking, um, putting a stop to human trafficking. And our mutual friend of ours, uh, John DeYoung, when I met him, he honestly challenged me in so many ways that people really haven't had up until that point. And it's cool because he taught me so much about just the world of human trafficking and what the statistics and all that stuff were and just knowing that there's children being trapped in that industry. And so when he asked me to write on that piece, I don't know if I'm up for the job for that. I don't know. Cause I just never, I've never gone there before. Mm-hmm. And so it's a heavy subject. It's such a heavy subject. And even a three hour conversation is even, it's not enough to really grasp all of it. And then when you sit down with someone who's gone through, who who has been trafficked before and then rescued and freed from that, and you hear that story and it's just, what, what are you even supposed, how are you supposed to respond to that? You know, it's so hard to, to take in and properly process it. And so with that being said, you know, John gave me uh, a list of movies and even you, Wendy, you gave me like a couple of books to read as well. And I've heard people's stories and still in my brain, I'm like, I really don't know how I can help with this but at least i can at least be a voice in a way of the music so like there's people who are actually doing this daily day in and day out fighting this fighting this and so if i can just be a voice in that that sparks someone to get into that i would love that so yeah with that being said uh the healing talks about issues that are happening in the world and then in terms of the other songs that you're talking about as well like all new all new was more about making a difference because we were doing that for this for uh valor a school that's out in colorado and we wanted to put together a piece where people can still step back reflect and be like okay how can i be a difference in the world because here's the thing here's the thing and i'll i'll in the the my answer on this is that we have social injustice stuff going on right now we have the human trafficking piece that's happening right now you have what else is going on what, with like stop Asian hate. You have all that stuff that's taking place in the world. And it's a lot. Like there's no way that one person you'd be like, well, I want help with all of it. It's not possible. But here's the beauty is that there's people who actually do that for a living. They wake up and that's what they take on every single day. So it's like you don't have to be an activist or this world changer at all. I would just say, don't be discouraged if it's like, well, I'm not eloquent enough to be able to communicate on that. I really don't know anything about that, but I do really want to help. Start within your community. That's what changes a lot of that. And I think that's the biggest thing. And donate to the people who are actually doing it on a daily basis. Well, and even I recall your your piece, Shift the Mindset. And it's kind of like you're calling people out to we as one person might not be able to change the world as one person. It does take like an army or a community of people, but if we can shift how we think about things, we can be part of the solution because if we get people to talking about human trafficking, if we back it up, look at the industry of pornography and we get people to actually shift their minds mindset and not just looking at everything like objects, Mm. then we can actually make, make an impact and really create, like create a change in our communities, you know? So it's, it's interesting because I remember having the conversation with you about you're in this public light and how do we live up to an expectation that people really see us as, or they think about us, um, whether it's true or not, it's like how we present ourselves on social media. I remember having a conversation with you about just kind of like, what do I share in this post? Because we put so much weight into our words. And I think that's like, it's almost like a healthy weight to carry, to know that what we say goes into the world and people pay attention. And, you know, as you were talking, I thought about that quote 
I'll have to remember who it's by, but it's the only thing for evil to persist is good men doing nothing. Yeah. And that, like, when you think about human trafficking or you think about, like, other incredible darkness, different types of smuggling, whatever, you name it, when you think about, like, well, it doesn't make a difference if I'm not going to speak up. Well, it actually does, because the more people that actually speak up about being a difference, that's where we get that shift. Yeah. So So, said, I think, so going off of that, I think there has to be a balance in a way. mm -hmm. I think with having social media, everyone thinks that they're kind of, uh, let me word this properly. Um, Peace. (laughs) Say again? A mouthpiece. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like everyone, I mean, everyone's speaking their opinions. Everyone's pretty much saying this and that. And it's just a, just a flood of just thoughts and opinions and all this stuff that come in. And so everyone thinks they have the microphone and what they have to say is so pro there's the word everything. Everyone thinks everything that they're saying is profound, um, which not knocking anybody, but that isn't the case. And I think there's something so important about timing and when you speak and stuff because i mean i follow i follow a lot of pastors and when i see them posting something every single day and it's something and something i get to a point where i just kind of start scrolling past it because it's not that it's not important but it just feels like it's always something and i just feel that someone like a let's go but let's go like further back someone like malcolm x or uh, martin luther king felt like when they spoke it was they timed it it was like strategic Mm -hmm. it wasn't like you were hearing from them every single day there was work they were doing in the background and then when they got up on the mic to speak that's when people were listening because they weren't giving a speech every single day it was they're just like okay this is something that needs to be said so this is the time that i'm going to do it and i think that's so important Mm-hmm. But I think social media has really killed that because now it's just everyone's posting about something. And I, it was funny. I think I saw someone, someone made a comment about it when, um, what was going on? I can't remember exactly what was going on. I, I, even if like you talked about the pandemic and vaccine stuff going on, it's funny how a lot of people seem like all of a sudden now everyone's doctors now. And so they're kind of talking about this. You're like, hold on a second. Like, Let's wait to hear about people who actually are in this field, who are quiet right now, and then hopefully speak later. And I don't know. I think there's, I think there's has to be a time to it because if if we're continuing just to keep talking and talking and talking, it loses power. And that's kind of what makes me sad about. I mean, there's great things about social media. I think there's great things about the internet and all that stuff. But what makes me sad is that it's just now people are just kind of their fingers are just going. Or they yeah. turn on the camera and they're just talking and it's just like, okay, cool. Well, what's that, what's that truly going to do about it? You know what I mean? It, what I care about is what you're doing in private mm-hmm. and what that happens. And I know what you do in private is going to reflect publicly and you can tell the difference. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. It's like, when you think about, think about eternity and the moments and the conversations that we'll get to have with God. Obviously, I don't know if it's going to go down like this, but I would just imagine that like the well done moments that Jesus says, like, well done are going to be those moments that weren't on a public stage or on social media. It was when we were paying attention to a friend that really needed a conversation or when like the behind the scenes stuff, you know, and I think all of us want to make a difference. So we do use social media to quote unquote, speak our truth. And at the same time, like Paul from the Bible talks about like, you have to do everything in love. And if you're just some loud, like, what does he call it? Clanging gong. (laughs) People aren't going to like, they're not going to honor you. They're not going to respect you. They're not going to actually want to follow all of those words. You know, so that goes back to, really placing significance in what we post. Um, And on one hand, not placing so much significance in what we post that we know that the world is going to judge us, but really like taking a moment to be like, Lord, is this what you want me to share with people? Right. I think the pieces that I've heard you do, um, all of your music is vocal about 
making a difference and you're speaking like challenges and encouragement at the same time. And it's really neat. So the question is like, what do downloads look like for you? And like, what is your creative process? Like, how does God like move you to write a piece? Like John presents, we want you to write a piece on human trafficking. And you're like, okay, so what is that? What does that look like? Yeah, it's always been different every single time. And every single situation has always been. So for instance, we can go back to that song specifically. Um, so when John wanted me to write the healing and the spoken word piece for talking about human trafficking and, and pornography and fighting that, I really had to sit down. I had conversations with people, just kind of talking to them about, you know, whether their addictions or what they kind of know about human trafficking, even talking to like I said earlier, someone who's already who's been trafficked and rescued from that, hearing that, and then taking that, and it takes me a while to process it. So it could be you could tell me your story, and then a couple of days later, it all hits me at once. And then there's times where it's like a week can go by, and then all of a sudden, like I could be sitting in my chair, just kind of reflecting on it, and then the words just kind of start pouring out from that moment. And then there's moments where it's like. When John had me write the song All New, I was stuck in LA traffic and I just remember being so angry <laughs> being there because traffic is just awful. And oh, I was just like, why am I here? Like, why, why did I choose this city that takes me an hour to get to somewhere that probably should only take 15 minutes? And then God kind of gave me a reality check and I needed a perspective change. And I realized when I kind of took a step back, how beautiful the city is in a way where it's like, even though it, yes, the traffic sucks, um, it might be dirty in some areas and it just doesn't make sense why people want to go there, work two to three jobs in order to pursue, you know, whatever it is that's been placed on them. But the perspective change for me was like, I have to look at the city different. Otherwise you're just going to sit in this anger the entire time. And so that's when the, 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 the phrase was like looking at the world at a different view came into play. And as soon as that came in, you know, went to my friend's house, came back home and instantly I just started writing. Like it's one of those downloads that happens so fast, but mainly a lot of times that happens. And where I kind of ran in trouble earlier in my life was more of that feeling hits me. And I don't jump on it right away. I usually kind of waited a couple of days and then I start writing, but now that feeling's gone. And so what I had to really discipline myself to do is that when God put that in me, in that feeling in me, that everything has to stop. Like, it doesn't even matter what's going on, um, that I need to go and get those thoughts out. So if I'm around, I mean, if I'm around friends and doing all that stuff, at least get into my phone and just put it down and then get home and try to get as much of it out as possible. Um, I think I heard like a story like Lin-Manuel Miranda when he was writing Hamilton for the song Wait For It, I believe. He was headed to like his friend's birthday party or some uh, some party that he was going to. And he got the download while he was on his way there. So he showed up to his friend's house and he's like, hey, congratulations, that's amazing. All right, bye. And then he like leaves and then he was just writing it and he, he just had to get it out. And so that's something I really had to discipline myself on. But a lot of times it's, you know, on a walk or just spending time by myself that really those moments hit and it just kind of starts from there. And then once that, that spark happens, I'm not a producer. So I, I really probably, I have to try to get into the studio with one of my friends as quick as possible. So we can at least get like a skeleton layout of the song and then I can kind of take it from there. But as long as mostly if I can get a hook, the hook is really the core of my song where it's like, okay, if I have that, I know where I'm headed. I know where I'm going with it. And then the verses kind of come later. And so that's usually been my process. Uh, I would say 95% of the time, that's usually my process. How cool. Yeah. I love that. Well, if you think about, man, if we can have the discipline, like what you're talking about. And I think if the closest people in our lives know that that's like the closest people around you know that that's what you need, you then have permission to show up to a birthday party, say, you know, hi, happy birthday. Can I borrow your side room? I've got to <laughs> yeah. work this. And hopefully people would understand. But 
as you were talking, I'm also thinking about our listeners thinking we are just so inundated with busy and noise. Mm. So I think about my own relationship and walk with the Lord and, and the times that I want to be creative, even in my writing and how it really does take intentionality to step away. And like what you're saying, to go on a walk and to like, listen to your own thoughts. It's hard to listen to our own thoughts when we have the TV on 24 seven, or we're listening to all of the noise of just what we're going through, you know? And I think that's also, I was reminded by a sermon that I was listening to about the way that God speaks is in a gentle whisper. So if we're not still enough to hear, you know, and it's not like we need to just like, silence the world out and 24 seven be, you know, in the moment, but it's, um, when God speaks or when he gives me a creative download, like what you're talking about, I want to be able to respond right away. Oh my gosh. Now. So. Okay. Okay. So it's so funny that you mentioned, like the, the way that you describe a gentle whisper, it's so that's on point. One of my, I think one of my favorite songs that the belonging put out on one of their albums mm-hmm. was called at your whisper. But anyways, just this past weekend, I was working on, I, I was, I was gone. And usually when I'm out of town, I usually kind of make the excuse like, oh, like I can't do anything while I'm out of town. And that's, it's, it's such an excuse. It's, it's such BS. It's, it's terrible. But I'm like, I have to stop that. Like creativity can be done everywhere. But specifically for the song that I was working on, I had, a, I did it way back when uh, I had an older version that was out for it. And I listened back to it and it was like, wow, this, <laughs> these verses are hot garbage. But um, with that being said, I really wanted to redo it because I, I just felt that the, the song was really speaking to me in terms of like, I really want people to sing along to this for a show. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I have to do these verse. I have to do these new verses on it. And I remember like, I was so hyped up on it. The ideas were flooding in, but I was in the middle of doing stuff. And my f- friend that I was with, we were headed to, headed back to the hotel and we're like, Hey, do we want to go to hike? We want to do anything like that. And he was like, um, wait, sorry. I, well, I said, no, I can't do the hike. I have to get the song out. So then I went to go sit down to work, start working on the song and the ideas are coming in and going all over the place. And I was so picky on, I, I want this to be great. Like I, I have a feeling there's a reason why I'm feeling this. Like I want everything to be great, everything to be structured. And then as hours and hours went on, the song started becoming less and less powerful. It, mm-hmm. it, I, I started seeing it fall apart and I got so frustrated sitting in the kitchen. I was just like, hold on a second. I, and I leaned back. I was like, God, what do you want me to, what do you want me to say right now? Because I know I really have this grasp. I'm trying to get the song done because I have a show coming up and I really want to perform this one, but let me not rush this. If it's not supposed to be done right now, then tell me. But at the same time, like if there is something I need to be, that needs to be said right now, like, let me know, like, where are you taking this? And so once I did that, I put it away, went to sleep. And then I woke up the next morning and then it just came back again. Like there's just a, just a river of just ideas to start flowing and the song just finished. Like it literally just kind of finished itself and, you know, no song is going to be perfect, but I think where it was when I started into where it is now, I'm just mm-hmm. like, my goodness, like mm-hmm. if we could just take the time just to, to sit back, I know we, we really want to always create the best thing and, People want to go viral. We want to do all this stuff. But if we can like take a step back, if you're a painter, if you're any form of artist, a writer, anything, just to be able to sit back and like, mm-hmm. what am I trying to say right now? Mm-hmm. And then listen, and then just wait before I can answer. Mm-hmm. And I, I kid you not, like I would say 100% of the time, you will understand where it's going to go if you take that time just to lean back. Now, sometimes it could be, okay, I need to trash this all together because this is not going anywhere because we grasp, we grasp onto things so much. Even, I feel like even with like, I don't know how it is even when you started your podcast, but I'm curious to know, like when you write your questions, when you, even when you wanted to start it, like was that moment where it's like, I'm not sure if there's that moment where it's like, well, I really want this podcast to be great rather than actually let me just have conversations with these people yeah. that I really, that I really love and admire and, 
it's yeah. all going to happen naturally. I'm, I'm curious though, like how, how was that? For yeah. The podcast you're getting, <laughs> you're getting a little personal. Just kidding. I'm interviewing <laughs> you. Just kidding. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because the idea of a podcast has been on my heart um, for years. Like, you know, you talk about being 11 years old, hearing a piece of music through Eminem and wanting to be like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So I remember being in my teens watching like the Today Show and being like, I want to replace, like, I want to be Diane Sawyer or Katie Couric. Like, I want to replace that. And, and yet the timing wasn't right. And I truly believe God's timing is everything within our lives. And, um, you know, you brought up waiting just a couple of minutes ago when you were talking and it's like, if we can heed the time, like heed God's voice long enough to wait on him for perfect timing, then I think that's something that we can see more powerful pieces come out. Or like for this podcast, I was talking about this with another guest that literally every single thing in my life has added up to such a time as now, where had I started this podcast five years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to have the first six of my 12 guests on the show because I didn't know them. You know, um, if I started it five years ago, I wouldn't have had you on potentially because I don't know that I would have ever met you. And it's, Mm. it's so interesting when we, when we can lean into what God is doing. I think the hardest challenge that we have is leaning into what God is doing, but also holding things with the open hand, allowing him to shape our journey in such a way so that we can actually use whatever creative gifts he's given us to like propel us forward or to impact people's lives. So it's so funny. It's, I'd love to sit down and just have organic conversation. And I feel like that's what we are doing now, but I also believe in doing everything with excellence. And I think I would do a disservice to my listeners if I just sat down and tried to fly with it. And I really have to like think and pray through God, what questions do I need to ask this person? And then here's the coolest part is letting the Holy Spirit move enough that he knows exactly what our listeners need to hear. So if you're listening right now and you can feel like your heartbeat getting faster or you're thinking, that's what I need, that's purposeful. And that's not something that Epic and Wendy created. That's something that's authored by the Holy Spirit. And he wants you to hear this episode now. So that's interesting. I do want to circle it back because I want to ask you, for anyone that's listening, how would you encourage them? Because I know as a creative, there's moments that it's like, that you do feel like, God, when is it going to happen? Or when is like the next level going to come? Or what are you calling me to next? And those places between, they're really hard to sit in the wait. So how would you encourage Knowing God's faithfulness in your own story, how would you encourage listeners that maybe feel like they're at a place that God's forgotten? Or how would you encourage listeners that God is still working behind the scenes in their own stories? Yeah, what a great question. Take time to think about why starting in the first place. And then also go back, if you journal or if you just have an incredible memory in general, but to go back into the conversations that you had with God beforehand, because either he already told you exactly what he wants to do with it. And I think we forget sometimes. And I say that from a personal place where it's like, God, I don't even know I'm supposed to be doing this music thing anymore. Yeah. But then it's like, the words of affirmation or things that he said a while back, he's telling me, he's like, do you remember when I told you this and that, or I had this person tell you this um, during this moment, you forgot about that. But now just because a song didn't do well or something didn't go well, now you're questioning everything. Mm-hmm. And we should know that what he's spoken before doesn't mean it's going to happen like, right away like a week later or even a year later sometimes it could be like 
oh my gosh, like five years ago, I prayed like I wanted to have a drummer and a DJ for a set to perform with. Like that's what I want to do. And it wasn't until literally today that that's actually happening. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So where it's like, granted, maybe I got in the way and all this stuff and it could happen sooner. I don't know. There's factors like that. But all that being said is that just remember what God told you, you know, what gave you that fire in the first place? You know what I mean? And keep pressing into that because as cliche as it is, God hasn't forgotten you. We've forgotten what God has said. And I think it's so important just to go back and just be like, okay, this is what he, he told me that, you know, he put this on my heart. I believe this is where he wants me. I'm going to continue to push, even if it feels like I don't hear him right now. I believe this is what I'm supposed to be. And, you know, things change. I think God will make that clear for you. You know what I mean? And so hopefully that helps. Yeah. But just because if you don't hear him for certain moments or all that doesn't mean like this is not what you're supposed to do. Like, don't jump, don't jump to conclusions so fast. I yeah. jumped to conclusions so quick to be like, oh my gosh, my life is just falling apart. Like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, this doesn't even make sense. And then it's like, once I step out of the way and allow him to move the way he's supposed to move mm-hmm. and remember what he said, then all of a sudden, like, the doors open back up, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, the last yeah. thing, I guess the last thing I would say for that too is just like when I moved to Nashville, my whole thing is what was that I, I really want to grow hip hop in this city. I don't know how that looks. I really don't. And then, you know, that was two years ago. And I even had, you know, people tell me like, what are you even doing out there? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like making me question, should I go back to Colorado and doing all that? But it was like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. No, like I feel led out here. Mm-hmm. And then now two years later, now I feel like we're finally getting that momentum. Um, not just me, but like a couple of other guys that I'm connected with. And it's just like, don't allow what people are going to tell you. Like you're going to have friends and all these people tell you so many different things, but ultimately the word of God trumps that no matter what, you know what I mean? And I think that's something just to be mindful of. So, Yeah, that's so good. That epic, that, that word was for me too. So thank you. <laughs> It's uh, it's so easy just to, as we were talking earlier, to let the noise of this world um, or the opinions tell us otherwise. So I just want to say thank you for who you are, uh, your music, and just the number of pieces that I've gotten to see in person, but also listen to. I know you are making a difference. And on those days that you question what God is doing. Remember conversations like this, that God is using you and you are an incredible force for good. And the light that you carry is, we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And like our testimony is evidence that God is working, you know, his faithfulness. So I just want to thank you for your friendship. And as we wrap up, why don't you tell me what place you are between and how we can support you in prayer? Yeah. So I'm going to try to keep as short as possible. <laughs> so like I said, I started music when I was 11 and granted, like since I was little, it was just kind of having fun with it. But then like, I feel like in the last 10 years, a lot of that has been kind of coming back and I've been really trying to process through the last 10 years of my life. And I realized that, even though, yes, I, I do think there's been some powerful pieces that I've created over that time. To me, and maybe other people will question it, they'll be like, no, nah, man, like, no. To me, it feels that I, I was, one, operating by fear. So a lot of decisions I made was based off of fear. But also, I felt like I was operating without a vision. A lot of things that I was doing, it was more so of... I just need to get, I just need to get this music out, this music out, music. It doesn't matter what I was saying. I wasn't really taking the appropriate time to be like, where can I take, like, where, what's the aim for this? Like, what's the the mission with this? It was more of, I just want to do it and then make money. And I want people to be impressed. And I want people to think like, I'm successful because 
being living in LA, if people back in Colorado want them to see me and think like, oh man, he's absolutely crushing it. And but without a vision, all that stuff is it, it's just so empty. And again, like there's a lot of songs that I do love that I did back then, but I felt like if I actually had a better understanding of what I was trying to say, I think I could have communicated it more properly. But God still used it. But uh Yes, so, he did. so where I'm at right now is operating with a vision and just remaining in that. And I, it, it, it can still, it can attach to like my last answer, the last question that he asked as well, but just having that vision, trusting that vision and trusting that, that God is moving within that right now and just sticking with that because mm-hmm. it's easy. It's easy for me to, my brain just to kind of go into overdrive and overthinking and getting so overwhelmed. And I'm in that place right now. I'm in that, in that, in that transitioning spot to where it's like, no, this is something that I do think I was meant to do. And um, yeah, this is like, this is what I prayed for when I was younger. And now it's just like, I may have got things wrong <laughs> over the last couple of years, but at the same time, like, I, I do believe, like, I'm here to create. I'm here to make some sort of impact. And um, I've just let a lot of noise and a lot of things up in here throw me off of that and make me second guess that. And so, uh, but God's given me that vision. And I feel like he gave me that a very long time ago. And it's taken me until now to be able to uh, recognize that. And so I would just ask for prayer and just um, just remaining in that, remaining uh faithful in that and remaining um just uh remaining focused that's i think that's the the word to use for that Mm -hmm. yes it would be an honor to pray for you and if listeners those that haven't followed you already in our conversation why don't you tell us how we can find you online you can find me uh all on social media with epic invasion that's e double p i c invasion um you can find me all over and yeah, even on uh, if you find me on Spotify, Apple Music, that's E double P I C, not E P I C C E double P I C invasion. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today, and listeners. Um, just want to remind you if God spoke a word earlier in your life, and you are in that place between of asking all those questions try going back to what he spoke and see where it takes you from there. So we'll catch you again soon on the places between Epic. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. So good. I just, there are so many things I want to bring up, but particularly I just want to start here with like, I think people can have an idea that creative people just sit down and it, and you only work when you're inspired. Right. But his process and his dedication, and I even want to say professionalism to his craft, is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then his dedication, and that's not even the right word, as much as persistence or really leaning back and putting himself in a place where he can hear from the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to speak? And I think that is so beneficial, whether you're an, an artist or a writer or a parent or anything, anyone with, you know, we all have influence where we sit back and we take a breath and we ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want us to say in this moment? You know? And then I think for all those artists out there and all those writers and all those songwriters, et cetera, just how he talks about like really doing the work, right? When you feel inspired, really kind of being sacrificial as well to take time away and say, oh, I don't want to lose this. I'm going to be professional and and dedicate my time to it later, but I'm not going to let this go. And I think that's really, really profound how he talks about that, that sacrifice kind of maybe of social life, right? (laughs) To be dedicated to what God is calling you or telling you in that moment. And then also his perspective about LA, because I live in LA, (laughs) I totally get the traffic thing and I can totally relate to that. And God had changed that perspective of LA. You know me, I didn't want to live here for a long time. And now I love it. And just that perspective shift. To me, the car is now an awesome sanctuary. Yeah, totally. There were so many nuggets of our conversation that 
first of all, I thought it was funny that he flipped the questions on me. I know. <laughs> um, but then even just to be challenged, um, I, as a, as the host of this podcast was even challenged to look back to where God spoke to me about what I feel called to. And, and I think that was a really big key point of the entire podcast, like those that are listening, because you are in transition or in the places between it. And none of us have ever, we're, we're all still a work in progress and we haven't arrived yet. So to actually take inventory and to look back at our lives of where did God speak? You know, I thought that was powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I love that as well. You know, talking about those times when it's hard and when you don't know and you're unsure and you're questioning, going back, oh, what did God say to me? But I think you and I years ago talked about this, like when we're in a dark place, reminding each other, what did God say to us in the light? Amen. I love it. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you share it with people you know and you love, and we hope that you were inspired by it and they'll be inspired by it. Please subscribe and thanks for joining us for The Places Between. I'm over here cheering you on, friend. You just finished another episode of the Places Between podcast. If you want to access more, be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests, episode sponsors, upcoming retreats, and more. Like Stay in the Story, a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, thanks for taking time to dive into The Places Between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.